Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Ferguson, Missouri. This week we begin our Lenten worship series, Breaking Cycles from Separation to Wholeness, and Pastor Chandler's sermon entitled, Can You Have It All?, is based on the temptation of Jesus found in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. To learn more about St. Peter's, you may find us on the web at www.stpeterschurch.org or on Facebook by searching St. Peter's UCC Ferguson. Our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And if you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible, it's in the New Testament on page 61. This is the temptation of Jesus. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil has finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Forty days. Forty days and nights, just like Noah and his family and a whole bunch of animals who were unexpectedly thrown into a test of faith, who were forced to trust. It was a time of doubting, it was a time of questioning, but it was also a time of hope. Forty days in the wilderness, in the desert, just southeast of Jerusalem, hungry, thirsty. It was a period of testing. Not very much different than the 40-year journey The people of Israel faced in the development, in their development as a people. As they traveled to the promised land. The Israelites, chosen by God to be a nations of people, led by a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day. Both signs of God's presence among them. Jesus, led into the wilderness for his time of test and temptation by God's Holy Spirit sign of God's presence among him. 
The Israelites frequently complaining of not having enough food, not having enough water to drink in their 40 years. Jesus, an intentional period of fasting. No food, no water. For the Israelites, their desert journey was a period of self-discovery. A time of entering into covenant and a time of breaking that covenant. Now, this back and forth, this tension of what really what it really means to be set apart as God's chosen and beloved people. This was a part of their journey. For Jesus, it was also a period of self-discovery. Just baptized, a dove descends, a voice is heard. You're my beloved. I'm pleased. I am very, very, very pleased. Forty years in the desert for the Israelite people. Forty days and nights of desert testing for Jesus. Forty days and nights of Lent for you and I. Like the Israelite people, like Jesus, this holy season is a period of self-discovery. And for some, a time of fasting, a time of giving up. And yet, as Josh has already said, some choose to add to their lives rather than to take away through fasting. Some choose to add during this holy season more time for study and worship, add more time for quiet reflection and discernment, add more time to discover who they are as beloved children of God. Just as Advent calls us to a period of preparation and reflection, a time to take a personal inventory of one's life and oneself. It is a time, just as Advent is a time to speak of a repentance, to open ourselves to the new possibilities awaiting us through the incarnation of the Christ child this season of Lent, these 40 days. It does the same. Provides a personal inventory. Removes barriers separating us from God and from one another. It's a season of turning away from. It's a season of turning towards. A season of opening ourselves to the new life. To the new life that awaits us as a result of God's resurrection of Jesus on Easter Day. And doing such... Doing all of this requires of us to take a trip into the desert of our spiritual journey and relationship with God where we hunger and where we thirst for something more significant, something more peaceful, something less chaotic, something more, I don't know what more, just something more of something, something that we can satisfy and quench on our own. Something that gives us the strength and something that gives us the courage and the spiritual wherewithal to overcome being stuck and to break those patterns and cycles and systems that hold us back from being the people that God has called us and God has created us to be. Something that grounds us. And something that gives to us a foundation to use and consider in these equations we may produce as we are discerning. As we are discerning our identity as children of God. As disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. What should I do? Who should I be? 
Who has God created and called and loved me to be in this world? This Lenten season, as a congregation, we will be taking on the challenge of identifying and addressing and hopefully transforming or at least begin the process of transforming those patterns and those cycles and those systems that hold us all back, not just as individuals, but also as a society. Those things which hold us back as a society from living into the faithfulness I believe we deserve as children of God and the fidelity that God deserves from us. Jesus is tempted and tested during this 40-day wilderness journey, not with clear-cut choices of good versus evil. Let's say that again. Jesus in His wilderness journey when he is tempted by the devil, by the adversary. He's not tempted with clear-cut choices of good versus evil. Instead, these are issues and matters of degrees. Preacher Fred Craddock refers to these tests as invitations to do a greater good. Now think about that. The devil, Satan, Satan, the adversary, however you want to look at or view or name or claim the presence of evil in the world, is offering to Jesus invitations to do the greater good. Turn these stones to bread, he said to Jesus, and you can solve world hunger. Turn these stones to bread and you will be able to feed people. And no one will ever go hungry again. Jesus, you know what it's like to be hungry. You've been fasting these days in the wilderness. Don't you want to make sure that no one else ever has to know what it's like to be hungry again? You can do that. You can do that. Only if you are willing to turn these stones to bread. Now let me ask you all, is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing that... Jesus is being tempted with. Do you see the greater good that could emerge if Jesus had only turned those stones to bread? Imagine the stomachs, the bellies that would be full. The people who could have homes. The thirst that would be quenched. Imagine the greater good if Jesus had only succumbed to that temptation. Look, Jesus, said the devil. Here are the various kingdoms of the world. And you know, Jesus, and I know that these kingdoms, they're not all of God. We both know, said the adversary, that I have more control over these things than God does. Was he wrong? Look around. Look around the world. 
Does it feel like God is in charge of all things? Does it feel as though God is in control of all of the systems and all of the cycles that are existing in the world? Are the kingdoms, are systems that prey upon the vulnerable, the poor, the unhoused, the hungry, the marginalized of God or are they of the world? Drive up and down West Florissant out here and tell me how many payday loan shops there are that prey upon the poor, promising quick cash, charge ungodly interest rates, perpetuating a cycle of poverty and debt. Is that of God? If these systems and cycles were of God, then why do we ever even bother talking about Jesus' message of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? Jesus' message is one to counteract the realities and to say that something else, something else is so desperately needed in the world. So Jesus, he said, look at all of these kingdoms over which I have control. You can fix all of that. You can fix all of that only if you do it my way, the devil said. All you have to do is bow down. In other words, all you have to do is adopt not the methods and the values of God, but instead adopt the methods and the values of the world. Now, church, if you are thinking for a moment that these temptations that Jesus faced in the midst of his 40 days in no way are just wonderful stories from 2,000 years ago and in no way whatsoever touch us in our real lives or in our real journey of life and faith, well, then you are sorely mistaken. How often, as individuals... How often as a culture, how often as a society do we really and truly claim and adopt the methods and the values of the world over the methods and values of God? You know, like seeing the church and operating the church like a business rather than the spiritual place it is called to be. Making decisions based on finance or capital or profit, rather than upon what is just and merciful and loving and grace-filled. Finally, Jesus the devil said, Let's see if all of that talk over the centuries carries any weight with you. Let's see if you're willing to put your life where you say your faith is. You know the Psalms, Jesus. You know the Psalm because you were brought up in the faith and taught in the synagogue. You know Scripture as well as anyone, the devil said to Jesus. You know Psalm 91. No harm will come to those who put their faith, who put their trust in God. So jump. Jump from here and let's just see how much trust you have in God. 
Take your leap of faith, Jesus. Take your leap of faith. You have this call. You've heard this call. What's it going to be, Jesus? How are you going to live it out? You're the Son of God, He said. What does that mean to you? Now, not only is Jesus being asked what it means for Him to be the Son of God, but we are also being asked through this text what it means to us for Jesus to be the Son of God. Jesus said the devil, you can have it all. You can have it all. It's funny. Because some of us think that we can have it all too. We believe that we can somehow, some way, find the time and the energy and the money to do it all and have it all and be it all. And in doing so, we lose ourselves. In this pursuit to have it all, we forget who we are. And we forget whose we are. We lose our identity. And sometimes it's so subtle, so subtle that we don't even realize it. We listen to the world and we listen to the culture that constantly is throwing words and images at us and we buy it we buy it all we buy it and we believe it and in that buying and in that believing we get stuck and trapped and bound in such a way that it only perpetuates a vicious cycle that binds us and entraps us And we come to church once a week or twice a week, however many times a week, hoping to worship and hoping to pray and hoping to hear something, hoping to sing, hoping to hear maybe perhaps just one word of hope and grace. And that we hope that that will just be enough, just be enough to get us out of that rut, just be enough to unbind us. And maybe we do. Maybe we hear that word. Perhaps it even lasts us for a few days or a few weeks or a few months until those whispers, you know the whispers I'm talking about. The whispers in your ear. The devil on your shoulder. starting to tell you to do it again this way. The way of culture, the way of society. And we find ourselves saying in response, well, that's just how the world works. And we just have to accept it that way. We live in an economy-driven society. We are a capitalistic culture. Some are just going to have and some are simply just going to have not. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. That's just how it is. But that's not how it's supposed to be. And it doesn't have to be. And it only is if we allow it to be. It only is if we forget that we have been shown and given through our faith a different way, a different path, a different journey, a different ending, a different process. 
a different way of viewing and living and seeing and hearing and being and embodying in the world. Now, these invitations to pursue the greater good, they can be tricky. They can be very tricky and very tempting. And I guess, if anything, this temptation and testing of Jesus in the desert remind us that it's not about where you're going. Instead, it's about how you get there. And it's not so much about what you do as much as it is how you do it and why you do it. It's about the journey. It's about the process. It's about being and embodying and living. Forty days. Forty days in the desert. Hungry and thirsty being tested. Forty days. Forty days in the desert. Forty days of Lent. Forty days of finding out who you are and what you are really made of. You can have it all, Jesus, the devil said to him. You can have it all, the adversary said to him. I don't want it all, said Jesus in response. I don't want it all. I just want to be faithful.